1: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Ring of Truth with our pastor and teacher, Dan Sexton, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Please join Pastor Dan as he teaches through God's Word.
2: The Tribulation period is a time when sinners are judged. It's not for believers. It's not for the church. It's, it's for sinners. That's a time when sinners are destroyed by the Lord. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 9 says God has not appointed us, believers, God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so these things that are we're discussing here, it's not, it's not really for believers, this is for sinners. This is for the wicked.
1: Whenever we read about the horrific, terrible judgment of God that will take place in the last days, we sometimes forget just where we'll be. Whether our understanding of eschatology is slightly off or otherwise, it's important we remember that our sin has already been dealt with. As Pastor Dan will teach you in his message today, God's judgment in the end times is solely reserved for those who rejected His Son. In his study, you'll be reminded that before that great and terrible day, all of those who put their faith in Christ will be removed prior to judgment. And now, open your Bibles to the book of Isaiah chapter 13 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition
2: of Ring of Truth. So notice here, it goes on to say uh, in verse 6. Verse 6 now looks ahead to the destruction of this future Babylon. It's looking ahead to the end of the age, to that last world system that exalts man and opposes God. It's not, it's not talking about the Babylonian empire that will come to power just after the time of Isaiah. It's looking ahead to the great tribulation period. Well, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, all hands will be limp. Every man's heart will melt, and they will be afraid. Pangs and sorrows will take hold of them. They will be in pain as a woman in childbirth. They will be amazed at one another. Their faces will be like flames. Verse 9, Behold, The day of the Lord comes, cruel, with both wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. Now, when the Babylonian Empire uh, was conquered by the Medo Persian Empire, if you know the story, the Medo Persian Empire uh, snuck into the city and surprised the Babylonians. Uh, And so, when the Medo Persians took Babylon, they didn't destroy the city, they kept the city. And so here, when it talks about the land being uh, laid to waste or the land being desolate, uh, that's not describing the, the fall of the Babylonian Empire to the Medo-Persian Empire. That's talking about the future destruction in Revelation chapters 17 and 18. That's looking down to the great tribulation and that Babylon of the last days. Uh, the rest of verse 9 says, and he will destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened in it's going forth. And the moon will not cause its light to shine. Uh, You know, when Jesus describes the the end times, he uses the same uh, description. In Matthew 24, verse 29. There he says, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And so this sign that will appear in the heavens during the great tribulation period, there'll be supernatural signs in the heavens, astronomical signs that will accompany the judgment of the Lord, and these things will happen just before Jesus Christ returns to the earth with power and great glory. Notice in verse 11, I will punish the world. So not just just the Babylonian empire. Again, this is looking to the end of the age when Christ returns. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. And again, that's the spirit of babylon haughtiness pride arrogance exalting man and notice the lord says i will punish the world for its evil back in verse 9 he said he will destroy its sinners he said uh, behold the day of the lord comes cruel with both wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he will destroy its sinners from it the lord lord in his anger and wrath will destroy sinners from the earth when he comes. In Proverbs chapter 2, it says, the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. This is the purpose of the tribulation that will take place on the earth. The purpose of the tribulation is, number one, to, to call the Jewish people back to God, back to Jesus Christ. And the second purpose for the tribulation is to judge sinners, to judge sinners upon the earth it is a time when God, if you look at the verses again verse 9, it is a time when God will pour out his wrath and his anger on sinners upon the you know those that have rejected him, those that are arrogant and prideful and exalting themselves to be God and those that have opposed God upon sinners, those that have done wickedly in the world he's going to judge them. And that's what happens during the tribulation period, that seven years of tribulation. And we're studying Revelation on Sunday mornings, and we're, we're going to get to that. And in a few months, we'll get to it. But we'll start to see God pouring out his judgment upon the earth systematically. And the purpose of it is to, to judge sinners, to judge the wicked. And that is one of the reasons why I believe that the church will be raptured from the earth and taken to heaven to be with the Lord before the tribulation begins. Because the tribulation period is a time when sinners are judged. It's not for believers. It's not for the church. It's, it's for sinners. That's a time when sinners are destroyed by the Lord. First uh, Thessalonians 5.9 says, God has not appointed us believers, God has not appointed us to wrath. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, and so these things that are we're discussing here, it's not—it's not really for believers. This is for sinners. This is for the wicked. Uh, in, in verse, in verse twelve, if you look at verse twelve, it says, "I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold, a man more than the golden wedge of of Ophir." You know, during the tribulation, much of the world's population will be killed. They'll perish because of the judgment that is coming upon the earth. Jesus said that unless the days of the tribulation be shortened, no one would survive it, that all flesh would perish. But he said he will shorten those days of judgment for the elect's sake, for the Jews' sake. Look at verse 13. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth will move out of her place in the wrath of the Lord of hosts and in the day of his fierce anger. Again, during the tribulation period, the end of the age, the Lord will shake the heavens and the earth will move out of her place. And it's his wrath, the wrath, it's the day of his fierce anger. Uh, In Isaiah chapter 24, verse 20, it says, The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and sway like a hut in the wind. Uh, another passage for you in uh, Joel chapter 3, verse 16. The Lord Jehovah also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth will shake. But the Lord will be a shelter for his people in the strength of the children of Israel. So he's going he's gonna to shake the earth. During the tribulation, but he's going to shake the heavens and the earth. The earth will be moved out of its place. The earth is going to reel or, or sway back and forth like a drunk person trying to stand. And some, you know, some people read that and say, "Well, that, that's that's just impossible for the earth to be moved out of its place." Well, do you know that in two thousand eleven? remember that earthquake that hit off the coast of Japan and sent those you know, horrific tsunami waves ashore? 9.0 magnitude earthquake. Well, NASA determined after that earthquake that because of that earthquake, that that earthquake actually affected the speed of the Earth's rotation and that that earthquake shifted the Earth's axis by six and a half inches. You probably didn't realize that when it happened. But the earth now has just a little bit of a wobble to it in its rotation because of that one earthquake, just one earthquake, and it affected the the rotation of the whole earth. During the tribulation period, the Lord will shake the whole earth and cause it to wobble and sway while it's rotating, and the earth will be moved out of its place. And this, of course, will cause All kinds of of catastrophic events upon the earth, just like we saw with that earthquake causing a tsunami that was devastating to Japan. And when the Lord begins to shake the earth, it's going to cause, you know, just widespread destruction, earthquakes, tsunamis, dramatic changes to the weather and the climate. All of that is going to be happening upon the earth during the tribulation. Period, as God in His wrath, it says, and in His fierce anger, is judging the sinners upon the earth that have rejected Him, that have exalted themselves in their pride and said, "We don't want God in our world," and God will pour out His wrath upon that world. And again, believers, we're not—we're not, we're not going to be here for that. Verse fourteen. It shall be speaking of this time of god 's judgment upon the earth, the judging of sinners. it shall be as the hunted gazelle and as a sheep that no man takes up uh, god 's judgment of sinners and the wicked of this world will be like a hunted gazelle you 've seen those nature programs right where there 's the gazelle that is trying to escape from the lions or whatever, and the you know the gazelle 's running for its life, trying to escape. And and the lions just continue to chase after it. And eventually, they they run it down, and they kill it, and they devour it. And God's judgment will be like that. God's judgment will be unrelenting. God's judgment will prevail. No one will be able to escape from God's judgment during the time of the tribulation. You know, in Revelation, you can just listen, but in Revelation chapter 6... Speaking of that time, it says in Revelation chapter 6, verse 15, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? are the kings, the the powerful people, the mighty people. They will hide themselves in the rocks in an attempt to escape the judgment and the wrath of Jesus Christ. But the Lord will find them. The Lord will find them. No one will escape his judgment. Back in Isaiah chapter 2, uh, verse 19 It says, they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth from the terror of the Lord and the glory of His majesty when He arises to shake the earth mightily. People are going to try to hide from Him, but it's not going to work. They're not going to be able to escape His judgment. He he will hunt them down. He will track them down. Uh, Psalm 21, verse 8 says, uh, Your hand will find all your enemies, speaking of the Lord, Your right hand will find those who hate you. You shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in His wrath, and the fire shall devour them. There it says, the Lord will find them. He will find those who hate Him, and He will judge them. Uh, And again, for those of us that have trusted in Christ, the, the tribulation is not for us. We're not appointed to God's wrath. For us, in a sense, Jesus was the hunted gazelle and he laid down his life willingly for us as a substitute for us. And and he took God's wrath. He took God's punishment. He took God's anger when he was on the cross. And so our sin has already been judged. Our sin has already been punished by the wrath of God and the anger of God. It, it's not just that we have a get out of jail free card or that God just pretends like we've never sinned. He punished our sin. He poured out His wrath on our sin, but He poured it out on Jesus Christ when Jesus Christ was on the cross instead of pouring it out on us. And when Jesus Christ was on the cross, He cried out, It is finished. The price is paid in full. He's taken all of the wrath that we deserve for our sin, and He paid for it in full. You know, in the the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the propitiation Our propitiation, that word means that he satisfied the wrath and anger of God against us because of our sin. Verse 14 goes on to say, Every man will turn to his own people and everyone will flee to his own land. Uh, There there will be anarchy in the world. Uh, Nations will be divided. There'll be great division in nations. People will turn to their own people. Uh, There'll be ethnic division. We see that even happening now in our nation. and It's not even a time of tribulation. Everyone will flee to his own land. Everyone who is found will be thrust through and everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. Their children also will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be plundered and their wives ravished. These are atrocities that often accompany times of war and civil chaos and that kind of thing. It'll be happening all over the Earth, all over the Earth during the tribulation period. Verse 17, behold, I will stir up the Medes against them, against the Babylonians." And again, the Medes were just a nomadic tribe when Isaiah wrote this, you know, and those that were living in Isaiah's day when, and when they read this prophecy about the Medes, I'm sure some of them thought, the Medes, I mean, you mean the Medes, really? Like the the Bedouins that are living in tents, like they're going to rise up and they're going to be an empire? The Medes. And it says of the Medes in verse 17 that they will not regard silver. And as for gold, they will not delight in it. In in other words, the Medes, uh, they will not be bought off. You can't buy them. You can't buy them off. You know, with many world powers in that time, you know, a, a country could kind of surrender to that army and agree to pay uh, tribute money each year to that empire in exchange for them sparing them and not destroying their land. And what it's saying here in verse 17 about the Medes, you're not going to be able to do that with the Medes. The Medes aren't going to be interested in receiving tribute or receiving payment from you and sparing your land. The Medes are just going to wipe out everybody. Uh, They're interested in just taking every nation that they come to. Verse 18, also their bows will dash the young men to pieces, and they will have no pity on the fruit of the womb. They're going to kill babies. Their eyes will not spare children. They're brutal. And Babylon, the glory of kingdoms, the beauty of the Chaldean pride. You know, Babylon had a, you know, those, the hanging gardens of Babylon one of the wonders of the ancient world. The city was known for its great beauty. Here it says they will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah, of course, was completely destroyed. It says of Babylon, it will never be inhabited, nor will it be settled from generation to generation, nor will the Arabian pitch tents there, the Bedouins, nor will the shepherds make their sheepfolds there. But wild beasts of the desert will lie there and their houses will be full of owls. Ostriches will dwell there and wild goats will caper there. The hyenas will howl in their citadels and jackals in their pleasant places. Her time is near to come and her days will not be prolonged. Now, now Babylon has never been completely destroyed like it's described here. It's never happened yet. And so this is describing a future destruction of Babylon. Again, Revelation chapter 17 and 18 describes this future destruction of the, this, this Babylonian power that will be in place at the end of the, uh, the age. So this is, this is talking about something in the future. Chapter 14, verse 1. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will still choose Israel and settle them in their own land. Remember, this is a time when the Lord, in previous chapters, said that He was going to chasten His people Israel, and He was going to remove them from the land. He's going to remove Judah from their land and take them away to Babylon. They'll be slaves in Babylon. But here the Lord reminds His children Israel that he's, He does still choose them, and He will bring them back into their own Land, In other words, he has not forsaken them. He has not forsaken them. He hasn't changed his mind about choosing them. And, and I think this is important for, for us to see and for us to notice here, because sometimes we may feel like the Lord has forsaken us, or that the Lord has forgotten about us, or that the Lord has disowned us somehow. But he promises to never leave us and to never forsake us. And, and he reminds Israel, even though they're going to go through this time of chastening and they're going to be removed from their land, he reminds them, he says, I will still choose you. He said, I haven't changed my mind about you. You're still my people. I haven't changed my mind. God doesn't change his mind about us. God doesn't, doesn't change his answer. You know, God's not up in heaven saying, boy, if I knew you were going to be like this, I wouldn't have chosen you. And can I change my answer now? I want to unchoose you. I want to unfriend you or whatever it would be kind of thing. No, no, God knew what we were when he chose us. And God reminds Israel here, I I still would choose you. Even though I'm chastening you, I still choose you. And I'm going to put you back into your own land. I, I still have plans for you. I still have a future for you even though you're being chastened right now because of your rebellion I, I still have a plan I'm still going to keep my covenant with you I haven't forsaken you in Romans 11:29 says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable he doesn't take it back even when we mess up he doesn't change his mind and Israel needs to hear that right now because of what they're going through and what they're experiencing and they may be thinking has the Lord forsaken us has the Lord Turned away from us and disowned us. And and he reminds them and comforts them by saying, Hey, I I still choose you. I'm going to settle you back into your land.
1: We're so glad you joined us today for Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear additional teachings from this series, They're available to you for free at calvaryec.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. That way you will have access to each message as soon as it's made available online. That website again is calvaryec.com. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, we'd love for you to worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland. Only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Again, that phone number is 410-491-4592. We look forward to you joining us as our guests. And please... Take a moment to introduce yourself to Pastor Dan after the service and let him know you listen to Ring of Truth. With that, our time with you has come to an end today on Ring of Truth. Join Pastor Dan next time for more from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Isaiah right here on Ring of Truth.